guys. Welcome back to another episode of Open to Work. I'm Eileen Tran. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk about modern dating and relationships in the age of social media and technology. And one of my really close guy friends, if you know who you are, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to like expose you, but I know he was always on these dating apps, like constantly, like all day, every day, just like scrolling, like from Hinge, Tinder, what else is there? You know, Bumble. And there were other niche dating apps that he was on too, but he was constantly scrolling on them, swiping on people. He'd like show me conversations and be like, why do you think she's not responding? Was I being weird? Was I too forward? He would just be like super inquisitive about why this certain person that he'd never met before wasn't responding to his messages, even though, you know, the previous day they were having a great conversation. And I told him, I was like, don't get so caught up on this. Like you've never even met this person. You don't know what their personality is like. You're just judging based on what you see in their picture. You know, you just think she's hot but you know nothing about her, yet you're so fixated. And first of all, that's taking away your energy that you can put into, you know, making your day better, making yourself better. Also, the energy that you can put into an actual person that you meet on the street. And I know a lot of people, especially younger men, they're super lonely, right? They want like this significant other, they want a girlfriend, but they're not willing to go out and look for it in real time. It might be more comfortable from, you know, your house, in your bed. But what I've kind of seen is a lot of people, they spend a lot of time just scrolling on these apps, looking at hundreds, if not thousands of people. I don't know, like, yes, they're a real person, but it's not really real. You know what I'm saying? It's like going on your Instagram explore page and just liking every single hot person you see. Like, yes, they're a real person, but it's not really the same thing as actually seeing someone face to face and genuinely connecting. Because, you know, when you meet a really hot person or you meet a really, really attractive person, And it's just like, you know, you're mesmerized by them. But then you start talking to them and getting to know them and you realize there's really nothing there. Like, I'm bored. And after a while, I mean, this is cliche, but looks do fade. Looks really do not matter if there's nothing underneath the surface, you guys. So let's keep that in mind when we're on these dating apps. And also something negative that I've noticed with dating apps. So say you match with someone and you think they're great. They seem really cool. They're really cute. They just seem like an all-around fun person, right? Based on, you know, what you see, based on their perfectly curated pictures and their alleged height, which by the way, no hate to men out there, but I've noticed a lot of people lie about their heights and a lot of guys even admit to like lying about their heights. And it's not even like a one, two inch thing. It's like three to four inches. That's besides the point. Anyway, so whenever you have this ideal person on your mind that you're about to go on a date with and meet them for the first time, right? So maybe you follow them on Instagram and maybe you stalk their entire account and look at their friends and family and learn who their aunt is and you look at their best friend's dog's account or whatever. So as a result of all this knowledge that you kind of gathered prior to your date, you have this idea of them in your mind. You kind of have this preconceived perception or notion of who they are without even meeting them in real life. Maybe you had a phone call, maybe you know what their voice sounds like, but you've never met this person. And how someone portrays themselves on an app or online can be way different than how they are in real life. Also, it's an energy thing. Like whenever you feel someone's energy in real life, that's a way bigger indicator of attractiveness to me. Like Jack Harlow, for example. In my opinion, he's not like the most physically attractive guy, but it's the way he carries himself. It's his vibe and energy that kind of rubs off on other people and makes them feel good. He just like makes people laugh, right? That's a really big thing. But as a result of you looking at their perfectly curated accounts and who they want to be seen as, you start to think that you know who they are or you think you get their general vibe or whatever. But the problem with this is you don't get to know someone based on who they are and the slow process of getting to know someone. You immediately know everything about them, how many siblings they have, you know, how many pets they have, if their grandpa died last year or something. 
Um, sorry if your grandpa did die. But uh, instead of getting to know someone on a slow and healthy pace, you kind of fall in love with your own mental projection of this person or how you perceive them or who you want them to be for you instead of getting to know them on a deeper level for who they are and all the bad stuff. And this kind of leads to, first of all, huge letdowns because if you put someone on a pedestal and like build them up in your mind as, oh, this is going to be my next boyfriend. I'm already in love with him after the first date or that this girl is the one and she's going to be the one that finally helps you solve all your problems and issues and this can be fun at first you know the beginning of a relationship especially the excitement your dopamine levels will be off the charts it's so exciting right because in your mind this person's perfect but the problem with really high highs especially in the beginning is it's gonna dip really quickly especially if you're not trying to build that strong bond based on who they actually are because if you built up this mental perception of them as this amazing person that's gonna solve all your problems and finally make you happy then whenever you realize that they're just a normal human being with their own problems and own traumas that they need to work through, it's a huge letdown, not only for you, but for them, because they'll never be able to fulfill that idealized version of them because it doesn't exist. That's just something that you created in your mind. And as a result, the relationship could quickly deteriorate. And instead of that kind of slow, steady burn, you now have those really high highs and then the really low lows really quickly. But it's not a true, genuine connection. It's just an addiction to chemicals. And this becomes more of an issue when we think about the huge numbers of people on dating apps and how easy it is to just throw away a relationship and quickly move on to the next, right? It's not like in the past how with rebound relationships, you might have to go out and socialize and find someone else. Now it's like, okay, I broke up with this chick. I'm gonna download Tinder immediately and find the next person within like literally an hour. You know, it's so easy. It's way too easy these days. And that's nice if you don't want to deal with your emotions and you just want to quickly move on and find your next victim. But in terms of working through, you know, the issues of the relationship, that's not really healthy because you don't have time to process, okay, what went wrong in the relationship? How could I improve myself to be better in future relationships? Or, you know, what can I stop doing in order for these problems to, you know, stop happening so much? Instead, it's kind of just like, okay, we broke up, next caller. And then you start dating someone. Okay, this is fun. Okay, this isn't fun anymore. Next caller. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, there's no time to process, reflect, and grow from these relationships. It's just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I just want to have fun. You know, girls just want to have fun. But, uh, you know, you can't have fun forever. This is something I've been thinking about recently. You're not going to be hot forever, sister. So you need to lock down a man in a genuine connection, you know? Because you can't ride off your looks. This goes for guys and girls. You can't ride off your looks and charm forever. You need to build a real relationship or else you're probably gonna be like, I don't wanna say alone when you're older, but you're not gonna be able to find a genuine and fulfilling connection if you don't try to learn and grow from your mistakes, your past relationships and heartbreak, right? Also, side note, if you're talking to a person or about to date a person or in a relationship with a person, whatever, and they're constantly talking about their ex and how they were psychotic or like, you know, how they were super crazy or just talking about how much they hate their ex, just be wary because usually it's either some sketchy shit went down on their part and they don't want to admit to it or they're still in love with their ex. And this is from my own experience, okay? Trust me, if they talk about how their ex is crazy and a stalker or something, for the most part, they probably did something wrong that warranted that and they just won't take accountability. So yeah, just keep that in mind. And this doesn't have to do with just exes, by the way. This can be any person of their preferred sex, I guess. So say like a guy that likes girls, if he talks about how much he hates his coworker, that's a girl and he always talks about it. 
and you just get kind of like weird about it. And it's one thing to say that you like don't like your coworker a few times in passing, but if they're talking about it a lot and you feel kind of like a weird energy about it, something's going on. They're probably doing some sketchy stuff, okay? So just be wary, you guys, and you're welcome. Anyway, so something I've noticed in recent years, I've seen that polyamory and open relationships have been becoming increasingly popular. So a polyamorous person engages in multiple relationships at once. I was watching a video earlier and there's like more than 10 types apparently. It's like swingers, that's a type of polyamory. Essentially, you don't have one partner and just like a relationship between two people. People have open relationships now and I don't really know if it's just like the media and certain celebrities pushing this idea of cheating, but... I know a lot of young people, they are kind of afraid to be in committed relationships because they fear that they're going to be cheated on or that, you know, their trust is going to be broken. And that's totally fair because people do cheat, obviously. I don't know if it's become more prevalent in today's world, but cheating has been a thing since forever, right? But I kind of wanted to look at why polyamory and cheating has become so prevalent in our society. And according to a study published in Computers in Human Behavior, 18 to 25% of Tinder users are in a committed relationship while using the app. Oh my God. So it's definitely facilitated infidelity and made it a lot easier, a lot more discreet, right? Because you don't have to go out to a bar to cheat now. Now you can just go to the bathroom and close the door while your partner's, sorry, I'm like painting a whole picture here, but you can just do it in the comfort of your own home, just on your phone. It's so easy now. In one study of U.S. undergraduate Tinder users, 73% of the participants reported that one of their male friends is active on the app while in a relationship, and 56% of their female friends had used Tinder while being in a relationship. That seems really high. Like, I, I don't know if I truly believe that, but it doesn't matter because clearly a lot of people are finding new and innovative ways to cheat or like sneak around in a relationship. And what constitutes cheating really varies from couple to couple, obviously. And you'll have to probably discuss that with your actual partner, like what you consider to be not okay versus okay. But for the most part, if you're sneaking around and keeping secrets and you know they'd be upset or, you know, they would break up with you if they found out, then that's probably cheating. But, you know, there's physical cheating, emotional cheating, And there's also digital or online cheating, which has exploded apparently over the last 15 years or so. With dating apps and social media, it's made it a lot easier to fall victim to temptations. And I know I'm talking about dating apps in a pretty negative light right now, but I feel like we all know what the positives are that can come out of it. You can meet the love of your life. You can find a great partner. Yes, that's definitely possible, but that's not fun to talk about. And we already know how that goes. So I'm just going to focus on the harm behind these dating apps and the negativity that it perpetuates in our society that is moving away from committed relationships and being faithful and being trustworthy. And it's facilitated these negative emotions like jealousy, you know, just betraying your partner. And it makes it a lot easier to act on these impulses. Like even with social media, I know this is a problem that a lot of girls have. Their boyfriend will like other girls' pictures, especially more provocative ones of, you know, just kind of stuff that could be argued as innocent from maybe the male's perspective. But with things like that, where it may seem like it really doesn't mean much, like, oh, it's just a like, it's not a big deal. There's always a deeper intention, even though like you may not be aware of it in the moment. Especially if your partner is upset with you, it's not something 
small and insignificant. Like it's kind of emotionally and energetically a big deal, you know, for both parties, because in a way, this is going to sound so corny, but like when you like those types of pictures, in a way you're giving your energy away. You're sending the message that you're interested, interested in someone other than your partner. And obviously like it really just depends on the dynamic in the relationship. If both parties are okay with that, then it's fine. But if your girlfriend or boyfriend brings something up like that, and it may not seem like a big deal to you, it still is to them. And they feel that your attention is somewhere else and that they're not like, you know, the only one and that you only have eyes for them. And I mean, just stop trying to convince yourself otherwise. It's also a subtle grab for attention. Like, you know, hey, look at me. I'm interested. I'm looking at you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not so innocent in my eyes. That's just my opinion, though. Anyway, so with these modern ways of dating, whether it's dating apps or through social media and like, you know, shooting them a DM or whatever, it may be easier to find a new partner. But the deeper emotional healing and intimacy can't be achieved without working through your conflicts together and coming out on the other side, because this is how a strong bond really forms and, you know, real love is cultivated. And what I've seen is whenever things get hard or things get ugly, instead of weathering through them and working through those issues, people are really quick to throw away relationships and just go on to the next. It's just like fast fashion, honestly. Like there's a lot of parallels in our world today. We don't want to, you know, work on something and ensure that it has really great quality and it'll last a long time. We just want something shiny and new until it goes bad and then we just buy another new thing. In that same way of looking at like antiques or like, I don't know, like a family heirloom, for example, it's still really special to you even though it might not be the hot new thing, right? So love is loving the person for who they are without trying to change them. Obviously, you can compromise on certain things in a relationship so both parties are happy, but you're not trying to change who they are. But if you only love someone for what they do for you or how they make you feel or how they make you look, then it's not love. And if we look at how some people only date attractive people for, you know, the status of it, they don't really care about the person on a deeper kind of soul level, you know? So that partner might as well be like a designer handbag, right? Because essentially all they are to the other person is a fashion accessory, just something to make them look good. So other people will be like, oh, nice bag or nice chick. I don't know. But as soon as things don't feel so great and easy and exciting and fun, they move on to the next person they can find so they can just have these cycles of emotional addiction. But it's never really a deep, intimate connection. It's just very surface level. And the issue with this is it usually leaves very little time to process what went wrong in the relationship. And if you don't process something, you can't learn from it, right? And you can't integrate this knowledge in your future relationships and become better. So you might as well be dating the same person over and over again and repeating the same cycles I was thinking about Leonardo DiCaprio and he kind of reminds me of this a little bit. You know how he only dates young women under 25 and you know, he only dates these women for like a certain amount of time. He's on to the next young model and no hate to him. Like I'm sure he has some issues, but yeah, this isn't love. This is just an emotional addiction. And with every addiction, there's an emotion you're trying to cover up or run away from, right? So maybe, you know, you feel unlovable due to some circumstances of your childhood, or maybe you're afraid of being abandoned because... You know, at one point in your life, you were abandoned. So, you know, when things get hard or when you get triggered in a certain way, you either run away or you push your partner away. But essentially, you will subconsciously seek out the same relationships that mirror these relationships from your past in order to resolve these past traumas that still affect you today. You may just not really know it, but the reason that you may find yourself dating the same types of people over and over that aren't really good for you is because your subconscious mind is trying to rewrite the story and kind of solve the ending and switch the ending to a happier ending. (laughs) 
The first step in breaking this cycle is recognizing your attachment traumas. If you guys want to learn more about that, I have an earlier podcast on attachment styles that could kind of be a starting point for you guys. But you know, this is deeply personal for everyone and only you know kind of what happened or how you felt throughout your life in your younger years. So, you know, just sit with these thoughts and reflect and journal it out. You know, don't overthink it, obviously. Whatever comes to mind, just expand on it. Don't try to explain away your feelings. Just kind of write how you felt as a child. How did you feel? Don't make your thoughts logical. That's when the issues arise, is whenever you try to make logic out of your emotions. But emotions aren't logical, okay? So just write about how you felt and how you feel today. And you'll start to realize that your triggers are teaching you something. And if you stay with them long enough, instead of bailing on relationships when they get hard, you'll be able to cultivate more intimate connections, not only with a romantic partner, but also a deeper connection to yourself. And a lot of spiritual teachers say that a deep, intimate relationship can serve as your mirror. You know, like when you look in the mirror and you see all your faults or, you know, the things you like about yourself, your partner can help expose your weaknesses, your faults, but they can also bring out the best parts of you if met under the right conditions. Like that song by Justin Timberlake. Wait, let me look up lyrics. Mirrors, Justin Timberlake. Okay, so the track was inspired by his relationship with Jessica Biel and the marriage of his grandparents. Okay, interesting. How's it go? I'll sing you guys a little clip. Hopefully I don't get copyrighted. Are you something to admire? Cause you shine is something like me. Just kidding. <laughs> Basically relationships can kind of tell you what you need to work on in order to not only be a great partner for your partner, but also to heal yourself and become whole on your own. So relationships can be mutually healing if both parties put in the work and put in the love to grow together. But obviously you have to be discerning. Don't try to like put in the work and fight for a relationship that you know is not good for you, that you know is not beneficial for both parties. Because sometimes people drag on relationships for too long because maybe it feels familiar. Maybe you're used to more unhealthy dynamics, either from what you've seen or what you've experienced throughout your life. But I'm talking about in a relationship with normal conflicts and that'll be different for everyone. But I think you know what is healthy and what is normal versus what's harmful. So just use your own judgment. But if we bring in the idea of polyamorous relationships that I was talking about earlier, like a throuple or a fouruple, you know, just multiple partners, and I'm not judging, that seems very interesting. I don't know if I would be down for that for a while in my life, but you know, when we bring in those multi-partner relationships, the idea of a mirror is kind of discarded in my opinion, because when your needs aren't being met by one person, you know, you'll just go to the next partner to fulfill them, but you're never kind of working on your own issues like you would if you were just with one partner. So for instance, say like it's really important for you to feel nurtured and protected, right? And if you're in a, just a normal couple relationship, two people, if that partner can't give that to you, then you'll have to find ways to either compromise or end the relationship because you need that so bad, right? But when you're in a throuple or multi-person relationship, if one person isn't meeting that need, you can go to the next person in that relationship to fulfill that need. But you're not building that deep sense of intimacy that comes with really understanding yourself and another person one-on-one. And, you know, if each person can't fulfill your needs, you're going to keep trying to add more people to the mix. But in these scenarios, if you're constantly looking for something outside of yourself to feel complete or feel loved, then you might never be able to find it in yourself and heal yourself on your own terms. You'll be expecting other people to fulfill these needs and desires. And no matter how many people you add to the mix of your open relationship or whatever, you may never be able to actually feel truly loved, at least in a lasting way. 
because this is going to be controversial, you guys, but in my opinion, polygamy or polyamory, it's kind of a distraction from true intimacy and actually looking into the deeper parts of yourself and finding out what you need without the input or, you know, assistance of another person or multiple other people. Polyamory, it's kind of more progressive, especially in more traditional parts of the world. It's not as accepted or normalized just yet. So if a relationship is more traditional and it's just between two people, if one partner's needs aren't being met, they may seek to kind of satiate these desires outside of the relationship. And by that, I mean cheating and infidelity. And I'm not saying there's a right or wrong in this situation, but in our world, you know, cheating and infidelity, it's been really closely linked to immorality and having no self-control. And it's kind of taboo to bring it up. It's just not something people are comfortable talking about, right? And if you're the person who cheats, you end up feeling ashamed, condemned, like something's wrong with you. But if you're the one that's cheated on, it leaves these emotional wounds that leave you with trust issues. And, you know, you're seen as the victim in a way. But all of these like associations aside, we need to look at what causes people to cheat because that's how we can figure out how to nip it out the bud or see what's happening in people's heads whenever they do engage in these behaviors, right? So for the most part, there are emotional needs that can't be satisfied on your own when you're single. They kind of require a relationship or connection to another person other than yourself. And most people get into relationships because they want the security and consistency and stability of connection. So this is the basis of what most people consider love, right? And many of our emotional needs are satisfied by having this consistent, secure, stable connection. And in order to feel loved, we have to see that these emotional needs are being considered and met consistently by our partner. So that brings in the idea of love languages and all that stuff. If you guys are interested in learning about your love language, I can leave a link in the description. But every person has their own emotional needs that have to be fulfilled in order for them to feel loved and valued. But if these needs aren't being considered or consistently met by our partner, then that's almost 100% of the time the basis of cheating and infidelity. And by no means am I saying that cheating is okay or, you know, I'm not excusing anyone's behavior but it's just a simple fact like people cheat because they want their needs to be met they want to feel some type of way and it's not being met in their current relationship so for example if a person feels like they're kind of losing their autonomy in a relationship and that them and their partner are kind of you know meshing into one they don't know where they end and the other person begins right as a result they may cheat to feel like they have a sense of freedom or that they're their own person outside of the relationship another example is if a person feels kind of worthless or if their self-esteem is low in a relationship due to the other person either putting them down a lot or they have just their own issues with self-worth. They may cheat in order to feel better about themselves. You know, like I can still pull people like I'm attractive and this may increase their self-esteem temporarily. So if someone feels like their partner doesn't truly understand them or even attempt to kind of see them and understand them on a deeper level, they may seek out attention outside of the relationship to get that emotional connection that they're being starved of. So say one person in a relationship is completely consumed by work. They're a workaholic and their job is their life. And as a result, the partner may feel lonely, neglected, as if they're not a priority in their partner's eyes. And as a result, they may seek out attention, emotional intimacy, feelings of importance outside of the relationship. They may seek out other people to fulfill these needs. Teal Swan, who is a spiritual leader who is super insightful and super knowledgeable, I highly recommend looking into her. But Teal Swan said that cheating often happens in conjunction with our inability to actually maintain 
or feel connection in the first place. And this usually is caused by developmental trauma in our earliest years. So if you've always had this kind of lingering emptiness inside of you, like this feeling of loneliness that can never be satiated, that can never be quelled, even if you're in a relationship, you know, even if you're surrounded by people, you still have this kind of emptiness inside of you that may be caused by some developmental issues when you were really young. But in an attempt to fill this emptiness or void inside of ourselves, people may cheat in hopes that this empty feeling will go away. But it never really goes away if we don't recognize it for what it is and kind of identify the root cause, which is usually deeply ingrained in the psyche, right? It's not something that'll go away overnight. And although cheating is a way of getting your emotional needs met, unfortunately, it's not sustainable and it can quickly turn into an addictive behavior. And it can manifest as sex and love addiction or porn addiction, which is actually pretty common. And it's nothing to be ashamed of, even though like it does have kind of a stigma to it, like especially with sex and love addiction, which I didn't really realize it was a thing until a lot of people came out and they're like, yeah, like I think James Franco came out as one. It's just a way of quickly getting your emotional needs met, but it never lasts because it's very surface level and it doesn't fulfill those deep desires that you're seeking. It's just like a band-aid over a deeper issue. And it can be a form of escapism, escaping from the feeling of desperate isolation or loneliness or feeling like you're unlovable. And maybe this comes from childhood. Maybe you were never properly loved or valued in the way you wanted. If you identify with that, definitely go to therapy or try to see the root of this and heal from it. But here's what you can do. When you enter a relationship, part of that agreement is that what's in their best interest is also in your best interest, right? In a way, you are becoming one. So with a couple, you become one team. So their best interests are in your best interest. And, you know, you want to meet their needs and you want to fulfill their desires, right? Basically, you should actually care about your partner feeling seen, felt, heard, connected, and understood. So it's really important to have these conversations on what you and your partner need to feel loved and fulfilled in the relationship. And if you don't speak up when your emotional needs aren't being met, that can lead to infidelity, secrecy, sneaking around. And I'm not blaming any party. I'm just saying like there has to be an open communication about what you two want. And if these needs cannot be met, then both parties should find a way to compromise, right? To see where can we meet in the middle so that I can still have my needs met, but you're not overextending yourself and doing something that you aren't comfortable with. So cheating and infidelity doesn't really have anything to do with if your partner really loves you or not. It just has to do with emotional needs not being met or not even being talked about. So you just have to really talk about what you need, what your partner needs in a relationship, and if you can fulfill those needs. But you can't just put up with your needs not being met consistently because you'll either stay stuck in an unfulfilling relationship that slowly drains like the life out of you or you'll seek those needs outside of the relationship. So in order to prevent this, you have to communicate with your partner. This is in bold, underlined lettering. Communicate with your partner. So first up, investigate what needs aren't being met, right? I'll put a link to a video in the description. It's super helpful. Also by Teal Swan. Basically, it'll help you identify what your needs are, but also how to meet those specific needs. 
Second step, communicate that need with your partner. Have an actual clear conversation where both parties or, you know, if there's multiple people, I don't know, where everyone in the relationship is communicating their needs. And then strategize ways that you can reasonably meet those needs as a team. Obviously, everything you want can't be met by the other person, but you should compromise and see where you can meet in the middle. And during this process, unfortunately, you may find that your needs really conflict with the other person's, you know, wants, desires, and their ability to even fulfill your needs. And if there's no way of working these differences out and willingly compromising and finding a middle ground, you might just be dealing with incompatibility. And even if you really, really love someone, if what you need and value in a relationship can't be met by them on a satisfactory level, you may just have to face the fact that you don't belong together on that level. You know, maybe you can be friends, but if what you need in an intimate relationship can't be met by them, then you're just going to prolong suffering and you're doing yourself a disservice because you're not getting what you really need in a relationship and you're doing them a disservice because you're going to be miserable and that'll affect how you show up in the relationship and you won't be your best self, okay? So yeah, in these difficult situations, you have two choices. Either repair the relationship and build a deeper bond or you can bail and find someone else. And this is something that's happening more and more frequently, especially in the dating scene of younger generations with dating apps and the overabundance of choices and options. And while it may seem like you have your pick of the bunch or whatever that term is, there's just an endless pool of options. That doesn't necessarily mean that people are finding more relationships or that people are happier. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's caused people to be even more unhappy and relationships to suffer even more. Psychologist Barry Schwartz did a TED talk on the freedom of choice that's become especially prevalent today in Western societies. And basically he said that choice has not made us freer, but more paralyzed, not happier, but more dissatisfied. So it's resulted in choice paralysis. There's so many options. You can't settle on one because once you do have one, you think, oh, what if there's something better out there? So you throw it away and look for another. But then you can never truly be happy with what you have because you're always wondering, is there something better or am I just settling? But uh, if we put that in the scope of dating apps, it makes sense that the younger generations are having issues with finding and maintaining relationships. So I'm not shitting on dating apps, but it's important to be mindful of how this can affect your intimate relationships and how you connect with other people and how you connect with yourself as well. Because dating apps are great sometimes, but sometimes it can be a distraction from being by yourself for a little bit and seeing who you are on your own and what you want in a relationship if it does fall into your lap instead of constantly seeking it out through dating apps, through social media, and not really just being at peace by yourself. Anyway, that was a lot of words, you guys. Um, bye. Bye.